0: Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too. And I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up and listen in. I'm so excited to have Rosalvi Marta here today. She's the founder and CEO of Marta & Co. And I can't wait to dive into more about what you're all about, Rosalvi. Thank you for coming on today.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me, Alessandra. I'm so happy to be here. How are you doing today?
0: Absolutely. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, everything's, you know, it's a, it's a gray rainy Friday morning, so (laughs) sort of cozy, sort of a nice day to get some things done. And I know you said it's rainy for you over there too. So yeah, it's raining in New York. It's a cozy Friday too. I'm happy that it's a slow Friday morning.
1: So happy to be here as well.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for coming. I want to hear, Tell first, let's start by telling us more about what you do. Like what is your company all about? What, uh, how did you get into it? Um, what is a little bit of that background? Yeah, of course. So my
1: name is Rosalvi Marte. I'm the founder and CEO of Marte & Co. And it's an all-in-one consulting and advisory agency where we Help clients position their premium brand. Um, I like to describe what a premium brand stands for for me. And because a lot of people nowadays, when they think about premium, they think about high investment and high cost. However, I have this holistic approach about what a premium brand stands for. And it's about the experience, it's about how you feel when you're connected with the brand. Think about we love Apple. A lot of people love Apple or Starbucks or Coca-Cola. Those are like my top three favorite brands, but not necessarily Coca-Cola It's not expensive brand. From Apple, we have thousands of dollars worth of Mac, but also recently they launched a new something to like clean your screen that is like $20. So I believe 100% that a premium brand does not come only with the high cost, but also the experience, the the deliverable, the way that you treat your clients. For example, something else is that I love to mention, thrift stores. I remember when I was doing um, training in Wall Street back many years ago, I was doing training for JP Morgan Chase. And I remember seeing all the ladies coming out from like, Wall Street, going into thrift store. And I'm like, man, like, what are they doing in here? Like they can go, you know, to fifth Avenue and spend money, but why did they decide to go to the thrift store that from the outside doesn't look as nice, but inside you find this chance, you find valuable premium products. So I love to describe it as that. And even, Another example, um, just so the audience can understand even deeper, you can have a laundry, like a dry cleaning business. You can have a cleaning business. We can see even the home edit; They became famous and they do closet organization and I consider them as a premium service. So I believe that it does not matter what kind of business you have. You can provide this premium support, this premium experience. So I love to create that for my clients and that my clients can also create that for theirs. So that's what I stand for. And that's a little bit about me and what I do.
0: Yeah. that sounds amazing. I like how you kind of explained that, that, that makes sense. Like it doesn't have to be a super expensive brand in order to still give that kind of, have that kind of experience for their customer client and things like that. What kind of, do you work mostly with like, um, service-based businesses or, or like, product kind of brands or anything anything specific there?
1: Yeah. So I have a a unique framework uh, because of my background. I specialize mostly on service-based provider. However, I do have clients that they are products. Um, Mm -hmm. As well, I have some contracts with like B2B companies. So my approach is because of my background and I can't dive deep. Yeah, a little bit more on that. Mm -hmm. Um, I do business, branding, marketing, and sales. I believe 100% that a business needs all four because a lot of people will come to me at the beginning. Hey, I need business advice, but then I need to go to a branding person. I'm like, oh, I can do that for you. And I need help with my sales lead generation. I'm like, oh, I can do that for you. So I realized that's like my unique value proposition. Position and it comes because of my background and just to dive deep a little bit on that I grew up in Dominican Republic I grew I was born here in the United States in Providence Rhode Island however I moved to Dominican Republic when I was about three months old oh. and I grew up there I went to school there we went to private school like my parents wanted to give me the best education and I remember growing up I would help my dad he is an engineer and a professor in a, in a school. He worked for Philip Morris international. They do Marlboro and all those brands. Mm. And on the weekends, he did consulting for businesses for B2B. So I will go with him every single weekend. I wow. would help him prepare the presentations. I will help him do like inventory. So many things that I got to learn since I was I don't even know like 12. (laughs) So it was like early for me that I started doing kind of like um, business consulting. So um,
0: that's amazing. That experience from uh, such a young age. I can't believe that. Did you like, did you enjoy it at the time or were you kind of like, dad, let me just like stay home or hang out with friends on the weekends? Yes.
1: I enjoy it because um I you know my dad he always gave me like newspapers magazines and things to learn so I felt that I was always learning with him so I really enjoy working with him since I was that young again I would help him prepare the presentations I was like his I want to say like marketing assistant <laughs> mm-hmm. and I would give out the pamphlets where people on the workshops and things like that so my consulting experience come from a very young age. And then I moved here um, to New York following the American dream, right? And I wanted to study international business. I did it. I got to work for international um, companies, global companies. And that's what I did in the last 10 years. I worked in the departments of marketing um, and sales. Not limited to that because the companies that I work for gave me the opportunity to wear different hats. So I got to absorb and learn because I worked right hand in hand with the CEOs of the company. So I got to experience a lot, like really how a company works from the inside. And that experience allowed me to now be able to provide the same values and the same service to my clients. So What I did, I merged everything that I knew from like B2B consulting, from working with my dad at a very young age. And then my corporate experience working in international business, dealing with different cultures. That's what I did in the last 10 years in global marketing and sales. Like we work on positioning brands, our, our company, the company that I worked for before internationally. And I love to tell people, like I come from a marketing and sales background where we didn't use social media. We didn't use YouTube. I was an innovator. I was the one saying, oh, you should do YouTube now. We should start doing Instagram. We should start doing this. But we position and we prepare strategies to position these brands internationally, globally. So that's a little bit about what I did before I started my consulting business. So I realized I have this unique background, this unique value proposition. Why not? Like I am somebody that I can't fit myself in a box. So mm-hmm. I could not limit myself just to business consultants or just marketing or just branding or just sale. I was like, all businesses need all of them. Like I need this for my for myself. So mm-hmm. that's like my framework and unique approach in the way that I serve clients.
0: Amazing. I mean, yeah, I think that people love to be able to have more things all under one roof, kind of like, if you can help them with all of those, all of those different pieces, which are all so important, they don't have to kind of like choose where they're going to start or feel like they have to be working with them, like outside consultants from like four different agencies to cover all of those bases. I bet that makes life a lot easier for those kinds of clients. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's why I, um, Right now, it's Co, all-in-one consulting and advisory agency uh, for premium clients because we want them to understand that you can have everything under one roof. And it's actually better, to be honest with you. I proved this myself this whole entire year. Every single client that I work for or I work with came to me for one thing. And we ended up doing other things. Like they probably came to me for branding, but not necessarily they had a marketing strategy or a product suite. So I had to help them develop, right? Because you don't just, anybody can do a website, right? We can buy a template and do a website, but that doesn't mean it's strategic. So um, I love that. And I love serving the clients at that capacity because it allows me to have a long relationship. And that's what I'm all about.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I think, and it's like, you can, you can do branding for a company, but if they don't have a good marketing plan after that, like it can get frustrating working with it kind of in one silo of what a company needs. And then feeling like it's not going to go as far as you know, it could, if they had like the marketing plan in, in place to actually make sure it's getting in front of the right people or having the sales process in place. I mean, I, we, we run into that sometimes. Um, well, especially when we were working with smaller clients, like, cause I, I run a PR agency. That's kind of my main day job. Um, if you, if you don't know, so we have run into that for sure where people are like, we need PR. And then when you look, deeper, it's like, okay, like we can promote you through the media. We can, we can do your media relations and all of that stuff. But if you don't then have a great sales process in place, you know, it'll build your reputation to a certain extent, but there's only so far that can go if nobody's going to actually buy something because you don't make the process easy, you know, or there's no marketing in place. So people are going to find out about you in the media, but again, then just like, you're not taking that as far as it can go. So you know what you touch on
1: a very important point. For example, I I do have other friends that they do PR as well. You find so I I personally have found, and we've talked about this. Like sometimes um, clients want to do PR. For example, it has happened to them, but they don't have a good their branding is not solid. Like oh, you know. So mm-hmm. when you think about it, everyone wants who does not want to be featured, who does not want to do public relations that allows you to network. It gives you so many, so many opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have your brand established, are you proud? Like my question always is like, if you were to be featured, I tell my clients, like Hispanic clients, Univision or Telemundo are the top two for Hispanic market for TV or, and I'm telling them or CNN in Spanish. I'm like, are you proud of your brand? If right now you get an opportunity to be featuring TV and they ask you for your Instagram. They ask you for your website. I understand that it's better done than perfect. I understand that we need to take messy action. However, that's not going to take us to become the CEO that we want to be, right? You want to have your brand solid, your marketing strategy, strategy solid, because trust me, I've seen, and even it has happened to me, you need to have your processes in place. I personally have gotten opportunities for PR because I've been busy or because, you know, health reasons or somebody from my team is out and I have personally missed out because of things that happen. So what is the learning? What is the learning thing over there? Well, I need to make sure that obviously we can't control our health, but I need to make sure that in my team, I have someone trained to make sure that they respond to this PR opportunities and all of that. So I, that's why I love to you know, emphasize, it's not only the branding, it's not only the marketing, it's not only the PR, it's your inside business operations as well, making sure that everything, your infrastructure is complete. Like you have everything in order, you have project management, you have organizations. Like even I audit, I do business audit, and I audit, I have audit like in the past two weeks, like 10, 10 to 15 different businesses. Wow. And I have done it from like operations, branding, marketing, sales, like everything. And I personally have asked them, can I see how you're organizing your files? Can I see where I can find your branding asset? Like if I'm a new person that comes through your team, right? Everybody's virtual now, most of my clients, Mm -hmm. and they have full teams. So I'm like, if you hire somebody today, can they come to your Google Drive or your Dropbox and start doing social media, for example? Um, Maybe, maybe not. Well, we need to make sure that we have our branding assets, like our colors, our typography. If you have all of that in one folder, an experienced person that knows how to do social media and you already talked to them about your content pillars about everything in the strategy, they should be able to execute immediately. You're making it easier for you, for your onboarding, and also for your team. So I find that not having everything, like having that whole holistic approach can hurt your business. And you know, some people don't even know. You don't know what you don't know. That's something that I constantly yeah. say. Like, that's why we're here. That's why you're here to educate people on PR. And I'm here for the same thing, to educate them on how to position their brand as premium, knowing that we're going to make sure that we look at your business operations, your marketing, your branding, and your sales.
0: Yeah, exactly. And what that just made me think of actually... um, planning to record, I was just doing an outline for another recording, which will actually probably have come out before this comes out. But, um, an episode kind of about that touches on how, you know, I, 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 what you said is true. Like sometimes you don't know what you don't know, but I also sometimes feel like I, sometimes I feel like business owners have a sense that like something is not, as put together as it should be, or as buttoned up as it should be, but they don't really, they don't want to have it hold them back. And I totally agree with what you said about, um, you know, done like doing something is, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect taking messy action. Yes. But I think sometimes when people realize that like, maybe their social media isn't great or their branding isn't great or their sales process isn't perfect, even though they know that they want to move forward with like getting themselves out there and things like that, there's a little piece of them that's kind of whole, it sort of holds them back, even if they don't recognize it or admit it. It's like a little, there's that little, you know, little voice in the back of your mind of like, ooh, but I might like, you know, get an interview and then somebody looks at my brand and it's not perfect or it's not portraying you know, such a beautiful buttoned up brand that I really think that it is and should be. And then that, I I just feel like there's almost like this ripple effect out of, even if, even if it does look great from the outside, if you have a little niggling doubt, like in the back of your mind, I kind of feel like it holds you back to a certain extent that people can pick up on that. I think people really do pick up on that. Like media people, if you're pitching for PR, clients, if you're pitching for clients, like whatever it is, I really feel like people can kind of pick up on that. And I'm tra- still trying to figure out how to kind of like explain that in like a, in a way that I could explain it for this other episode that I was thinking a solo episode I was thinking of doing. Um, because I do, I feel like that holds people back to a certain extent because you can feel when you don't necessarily fully 100% believe that you're going to provide the one, the like complete best experience that you could. And figuring you know, out what that is mm-hmm. can really help.
1: Yeah. It comes from like knowing at what level are you executing right now? Are you your mindset? Like, yeah. even like when I explain to client, like, are you, let's, let's think of a line. Let's think of a timeline. Are you in the middle? Are you in the beginning? Are you in at the end? We're never at the end because we're at always evolving. Like we're always innovating. So we're never at the end. We're constantly in evolving. So mm-hmm. if you're not at the beginning, like if you, and I ask them, I'm very direct and very upfront with things. And I, I asked them, like, are you executing as you are? Like, if you're a beginner entrepreneur, like, how are you thinking right now? Are you wanting to step into your CEO role? And you know what, Alessandra, I find a lot of people right now, like, Everyone is a CEO. However, a lot of people still operate as a COO. And that's something that has been in my mind for this brand that is launching. for the Hispanic market uh, because I haven't seen something like this. I'm doing something new. I see a lot of uh, memberships and group networking opportunities for beginner entrepreneurs, but now for the already established ones that we look at the reality that nobody told us how this roller coaster <laughs> was going to be. And I feel that if you continue to execute things and operate as the COO of your business, like the chief operating officer, you're not going to make it to the point where you feel like a true CEO. You're always going to think that you're in the middle of everything of your business. And one example is if you go on vacation, can your business continue to operate the same as if you were working in your business? Like, Mm -hmm. If it's not, then we haven't stepped yet completely into our CEO role. Because if people need you in your, of course, there are questions, but can you take a week off in peace? Just like when you were, I was in a corporate job. Whenever I took time off, I took time off. <laughs> I wasn't checking emails. I wasn't checking anything because the business still operated. They needed to find like, of course I needed to provide my boss with whatever we, pending projects that we had and, you know, make a plan, like make sure that I left things ready so that, you know, if anything was pending, my coworkers can help me do that or accomplish it. But can we do that in our business right now? Like, can you take a week off and not have to talk to your team? And the, if the, if the answer is no then we need some changes for 2022
0: so what kind of thing how like what is there like kind of a first step that you tell help, help people kind of to walk through or or something to think about or look into in terms of trying to start getting to that place yeah so i first of all you need to make sure that your sops like
1: your standard operating procedures are in place That's number one. If you like things done a certain way, you need to document them. If you want, you know, anything, even client experience, like onboarding, like from the moment that somebody's at your website, it starts from there. From the moment, any, the first touch, whether that's Instagram, whether that's from your website, what happens? Do you have that lined up? And does your team know what happens from the beginning? What are the steps to take with that client, with that prospect? from point, from the first point onto the call, what about after? So having that in place, like your client experience, like your journey, that's number one and make sure. And to be honest with you, a lot of us, when we start, we don't, you hire the first person and you're like, well, can I trust them with like my finances? Can I give them access to my, I don't know, I used HoneyBook before or Dobsado. And the answer is, if you want to become a CEO, you have to. You have to trust your team and you have to give them access because if not, you're constantly going to be in communication. Can I get access to this? Can I get access to that? So it's, it's, it's hard at the beginning. I feel that you're like, all right, so here I go. And here's everything, you know, everything about my business. But if you trust that person, of course you need to trust that person. Um, if you did your due diligence in hiring them, so making sure that you have kind of like a mini me, that's how I want to call it. What is a mini you? Exactly how it sounds. Somebody that can execute the same way that you execute in your business. You need to train someone. I would say that's definitely the first step. This person should know everything that happens in your business from point A to point Z. That will be like my number one advice. And you know, documenting everything, making sure that you have everything organized that way you make it easy for them in me also to delegate to the other team members, whether that is contractors, you don't have to have everyone in-house. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that they have been in business for like 10 years. And they'd rather work with contractors, full-time contractors, and they don't have in-house. There's so many different things. Don't feel the pressure that because you see online, everybody hiring full-time members, if you're not there yet, don't be there yet. <laughs> Do whatever you can. that that's a tip of advice that I wanted to give because I see it a lot on Instagram like a lot of there's like a lot of competition, there's a lot of comparison. So I would definitely say to start with that and then once you have everything documented, all the steps for everything that needs to happen in your business. That's why you start from now. If you haven't done so, um, everyone that's listening right now, start today, start today for social media. What is the SOP for that, for client experience, write it down. And it's kind of like your methodology of doing things so that whenever you're out, think about when you go to a bank and you're trying to select the credit card that you want or the um, checking account. They give you this little pamphlet where you can clearly see what the name of the car is, why you need to pay. If there's any fee, your business should look like that inside. If you have something, you know, you have standard operating procedures, anybody that look at that should be able to read and complete as you desire, because you already left them the instructions. So that's my advice on that.
0: Yeah. I think that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think that a lot of, a lot of people wait a little bit too long to bring on someone like that. So I like what you said about, <clears throat> about, you know, it doesn't have to be a full-time role at first, but just having that, that bit of support and kind of thinking about it from like, okay, could I take a week off if I needed to? Like, is there someone who could get some of these things done? That sounds like, it kind of, a, it makes it feel a little bit like easier maybe to kind of start moving into that. Mm-hmm position. Like I know I had, I, I worked by myself for the first several years of the business, but like, I didn't even, I didn't want to create an agency at first. I just wanted it to be like me and my clients. And so what that meant was like, I never took time off. I, like I, if I went away, I brought my computer and I was still doing the work, you know, there's so much you can do before you go away to get ahead. But like at the end of the day, I was still going to be doing stuff while I was there. And that was just what reality was for so many years. And I never even considered bringing on even like a part-time kind of assistant to take on some of that stuff. But yeah, that's what you're know, like, thinking about
1: for people. But you know what, when you think about it, even for you, you, now you're sure of the things that you wanted to delegate because you did it by yourself for so long. So there is even value on that because, you know, when you, I did the opposite. I hired an assistant, even before I left my corporate job while I was running my consulting business. So I have never been alone a hundred percent. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, you know, when I left, I'm not going to say it. I have to take that back. So when I, I started my business, I was doing everything alone, yes, but then uh, like six months after, it was six months after that I was still in my corporate job and then I hire a virtual assistant that she's still with me. So from that time, you know, it was a smooth transition because I was already training her since I was at my corporate job, you know, like I was working with her and while I was working, she was doing things um, Mm -hmm. for my clients, that I didn't have to, you know, like the zoom calls and, um, scheduling and so many little things that really made it easy for me. So I did that. So for six months, I did it all by myself and then I hire her. And then I slowly started introducing more people to the team, but you know, Um, even with them, like when you hire, if you have a VA or an OVM, you can ask them for help. Like if you're, if they're looking at your business from the inside and they get to see everything, they can be the one to help you even do this SOPs. Like I personally constantly ask her, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Because she's there with me running the business with me. So it's a great thing to do, not do it by yourself. Ask for help.
0: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense too. It's it's once somebody is there who can, that I feel like that is actually something that I hear people say a lot in terms of like why they, like their excuse for not hiring someone is like, oh, it'll take longer to figure out, like to tell them how to do things and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, you can have them actually start to putting, start to put those things together. Once they get there, it might take, a, you know, obviously, I mean, well, maybe not, obviously, I feel like it makes more sense to have, you know, to be able to provide them with exactly what they should be doing once they get started. But if that's hard for you, or you, you just don't, you don't have time or whatever to like start putting that together before you hire them, why not hire them and walk it through them at the same with them at the same time, and then have them put it together, like write yeah. it or make the videos or whatever it is, once you're showing them what it is. And that way you are walking, you're, you're having to go over it at one time, but then they're helping with actually like putting it together into something that will be around forever.
1: Yeah. And it's better sooner than later. I will tell you that I did a program, um, last year where I wanted to help. Um, it was kind of like an internship mentorship program and I wanted to help moms And college students learn something new so that they could use it um, in terms of marketing. So I had um, one of them. I loved her. (laughs) She was a nurse for like about 13 years. And through COVID, you know, things got a little hectic. She had a baby and she came and we worked together. Like she, I was helping her with like marketing Kind of like a mentoring program, and then she wanted to become a copywriter, so she did. She became a copywriter. She, I gave her like practice things, and we will meet in the nights for like mentorship. And I did the same with somebody else to see because I wanted to try out how would it be for me to do like a little foundation and like a little group program. So I started like that. And trust me, even if people do not have the skill set, if you invest a little time. If you invest a little time, they're going to get caught up to everything because she didn't have the experience and now she's working with another brand and it's going well. And the other young girl that I had too, she had no experience in marketing or branding, but I was mentoring her. I was teaching her all of these things and she learned so fast and she became so good, so good with marketing and branding that I can personally say that, she knows how to execute better than someone that has already obtained a degree recently because i've experienced that
0: yeah i mean i think that when you when it comes to hiring someone have finding the right type of person the kind of person who's going to learn quickly and who wants to learn quickly and be a part of your business and your brand i i have found to be so much more important really to success then having like a certain, you know, having certain things on the resume and having experience in the kinds of things that you think that you need them to do, because it's so much more about that attitude, I think, and the mindset and the ability to learn quickly. So I feel like I've, I've definitely seen that several times. Mm-hmm. How do you, is there anything else like in terms of stepping into the CEO, like that you were meant to be like, what about for someone like me, where I've had, I do have a team. I've had a team for a couple of years now. So like, I feel like I'm past that part. Um, I still don't think I, I don't think of myself as a CEO. Um, is there any other kind of tip or thing that you would say, like for someone maybe who has had business for a long time, has that team is able to step away from things for a while, but is still maybe a little too in the like day to day of what's going on, um, like with client work or other things like that. Like, I don't know, is there any other tips or? Yeah. So I say that
1: it's okay that you are like, you know, I love what I do. And I personally think you probably love what you do. Mm -hmm. So it's hard sometimes to also a hundred percent disconnect that it, there is that part as well, as much as you want to delegate, it's your business, you know, you worked hard for it. So you care about it. And I think it's, it comes with a mindset. Like what kind of mindset are you doing it? Because you don't trust, not personally you, but you don't trust a hundred percent that your team is going to do it without you. Like there's so many questions that I personally ask myself. Cause I went through that at one point where I was like, Oh man, I need to delegate more, even more. So, why, what? And tr- to be honest with you, I was scared and it was trust. Although I trusted the person, although I trusted, I was just like not trusting 100%. That's the truth. So, I say that it becomes, you know, for you personally, what's next for you? Like, are you doing another? Like, are you diversifying your income? Like, are you thinking about, something else like what's next for you because i feel that when we are personally like i am my brain moves so fast (laughs) and i have so many ideas and i went through that where i'm like all right i already established this i'm already working through it okay i got this what's next so then i started and i'm launching a sub-brand of my business and that's what my what's next for me so now i 100% can delegate some things you know without looking at them and even client were like having like account managers under me and i'm now focusing in what's that next like that's a brand so it depends on what are your goals what's your vision and something to think about even 2022 it's like yes how many hours do you want to work how do you want to feel like for me this year was peaceful, freedom, impactful, and balanced. And balance, I crossed it off because I don't believe in balance anymore. I'm a mom of two, mm-hmm. um, two-year-old and four-year-old. And I believe in the word blended <laughs> because I need to stop doing something to take care of another thing. So balance is not a word for me anymore. So what's next for you next year in 2022? What are the words that you want to make sure that you have in your heart that are your core desire? And why is it that you don't feel right now? You still don't feel 100% like a CEO. I would deep think about that and think about number one, why are you thinking like that? Number two, what's next for you? And how do you want the rest of the year to be? I hope that was helpful.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I mean, I think for me personally, and I know these are like questions that you're saying to think about later not something not need to discuss right now. I think for me personally though, cause this might be something that other people think too. Um, like I just always thought of a CEO as like a big, like somebody who runs a really big company. Like I'm like, well, I have a team of, you know, two to four people like in all, you know, all in and, I'm still like, as I said, I still am pretty like in the client work a lot of the times, because that's still what I want to be doing. So to me, I'm like, that's not a CEO. Like I'm just somebody who owns the business. I call myself a founder. I don't call myself a CEO, but I think that a lot of like part of that is mindset. Like I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately, um, that I think I almost need to think about myself a little bit more as like a CEO so that I know I am doing some of those you know, some of those like CEO tasks. And and you know what,
1: Alessandra, I'll tell you that I work, you know, for me personally, I work with big companies, but also the last two companies that I work for, they were private owned, family owned business. And I got to see how the CEOs of the company, they were there, they were working. They, you know, they spoke with clients. They went on trade shows. They were active because they love what they did. So that allowed me to think that, well, they've been in business like the last company that I worked for, for like 25 years, I think. And, you know, it's a successful business, but they're still on the, not on the daily task operation, like smaller tasks, you know, they don't manage marketing team or any of that, but they oversee it. They are part of the planning because that's what a CEO does. You need to know how your business is doing in order for you to know about budgets. And again, if you love what you do, it's very hard for you to just not come to work. So those two last company allowed me to learn a lot because I saw how they will come to work they will come to work even on a regular schedule. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to see. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like I get to work with the CEO of the company and I get to see what they do and how do they handle the business. And I have that communication because it's true. Sometimes we think about the CEO of a company where it, you don't see them, they're just there. They're the founder and the CEO, but you never see them. So for me personally, because I work with those companies and allow me to see that, A CEO can be part of the day-to-day, and I don't mean day-to-day everything, like all the operations, but, you know, even speaking with a client, because maybe they wanted to speak with the CEO, maybe they built that relationship. So we are in a modern age, and I feel that we can set our own standards, Um, and I say that a CEO, it's somebody that has a team, and that they can delegate things among the team, and that they can be the, be the visionaries of the company and, you know, sit down and plan so that they can execute. And then something else, like, as we were discussing, you know, you can take the time off and your business still running. Mm -hmm. And something that I also like to think is like, is my brand established in a way that if I get an offer from an investor, I can sell it right now. Mm -hmm. Like, think about what's next. I like to always think what's next for your business. A lot of people that I've seen nowadays, they establish their brands, agencies, and you know, they wanted to sell it and move to something else. So we have to think like, what's our ultimate goal?
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that's really helpful. And, um, oh, there's so many, there's so much we could talk about, but I feel like there's a couple things I ask people. Um, I feel like that was also helpful and can help with people's kind of mindset into thinking about how to step into that CEO role. And what does that look like for you? And it doesn't have to be the same as what you think of as a CEO, or it doesn't have to be the same as what you see another business doing. You can, you can do whatever feels good for you, but you need to not necessarily you need to also be able to take a vacation. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of what what is coming. And
1: and also think about this. For example, we see that like Apple. So uh, unfortunately Steve Jobs passed away. But the CEO of Apple is Apple still operating as a brand? Yes. Are they still innovating? Yes. They have a different CEO. So when you think about if you have a business right now, can you put another CEO and you just you know, be the founder, can you become the founder and have another CEO? Like that's okay too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like all of those things totally do make sense. Like those are all things that are true for me. Like I do certain things, but like Th- it would run for a week without me. Like I do have an account manager who deals with all the client stuff and does the actual client work. I do have, you know, an assistant who does really like all the behind the scenes stuff for running the business. I just choose to still be in it a lot, but I think it's really just the mindset in terms of like, do I call myself to see? Yeah.
1: It's okay to be like, I don't think I will ever like a hundred percent. I don't say ever because
0: we can never say never. Right.
1: But yeah. I love to be involved. I am the one that loves to speak with the clients. Like my talent is talking making relationships networking so i like that so i'm always going to be doing that for my business
0: right yeah me too and there's always going to be certain writers that i want to reach out to like certain people again like who i already have relationships with and it mm-hmm. just makes sense for me to like kind of do those things but yeah no i think that i think that's all a great way to to think about it and to look at these things so i've got to ask what's one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first started your business that's a question a good question um
1: I wish I knew it was going to be harder Mm -hmm. um because when I was at at my job and this is me being honest Mm -hmm. I would think like wow you know working from home being in zoom maybe I can even have the kids working with me while I'm like doing zoom calls no (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know It's hard being a being a founder, CEO, business owner, entrepreneur, solopreneur, you know, doing your thing is a roller coaster. And I feel that you're always evolving and that you need to work really hard on your mindset, because have I thought about quitting many times? Like, have I thought about can I really do this? Yes, I have. But then I think about it and I've always had a mentor. And those days where you feel like you're struggling, where you see, where you feel that man, like what's going on? You need to have someone that you can talk with. That's like my number one advice. Like I'm glad that I have people that I can count with and like bent, you know, even being part of group programs and things like that, because it is really hard. It is really hard. And what's hard is that, you see it online. Like if you're in a corporate setting and you see Instagram, how you see everybody working from home and like their stories and everything, but they don't really talk about the struggle. They don't talk about everything that happened behind the scenes. So for me personally, it was like, Oh wow. (laughs) Yes. I'm running a company now. Yes. I have to, you know um, you know, Tell say no, I have to let go of clients, let go of team members. Like those hard conversations that you have to have, you know, you don't think about all of the all of that when you are starting, you're like, oh, butterflies, everything is amazing, everything is cool. But when it comes down to making big decisions and even about saying no. Even there are good opportunities, but because maybe they're not in alignment with you, or maybe because you just don't want to. So those are things that I can personally say that (laughs) I wish I
0: knew. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Is there a, any other last piece of advice? You just shared so much. So no pressure. <laughs> any no, no, no,
1: nothing. Thank you so much, Alessandra, for inviting me. I really enjoy our conversation.
0: Me too. Tell people where they can, how they can find you online, where they can reach out if they want to get in touch, any of that stuff.
1: Yeah. So you can find me online. You can, uh, my personal Instagram is r o s s a l v i Marte, M-A-R-T-E, Rosalve Marte, my name, and you can go into rosalvemate.com and com as well.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so, so much. I am so happy to have gotten to meet you.
1: Me too. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, wherever you listen. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com podcast. If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.